You're listening to The Kin Podcast, episode number 16. And today's episode is all about friendships, because who doesn't want more friends? But today specifically about a type of friendship that I call soul friendships. You know, like soulmate. Because I mean, who doesn't want more people to do life with? Now, we all grew up with friends, right? You know, your first friendships are with your siblings, your cousins, people at pre-K, kindergarten. And over time, our friendships become more mature. We get more friends in school than you go into college and you end up making friends that last a lifetime. But I never really thought twice about friendships until I read this book called Committed by Elizabeth Gilbert. And in it, she describes how she visited a tribe in Asia and talked about marriage. And this tribe, what was struck her as most interesting is that when she asked somebody, is your husband a good husband? The person looked at her and said, my husband is a husband. What do you mean? There's no good or bad. It's just... He's, a, he's my husband. And what she found and what really stuck with me from this book is that this tribe, these women survived off their friendships. Their husband played a significant role in their life, but so did their friends for moral support, for emotional support, for help with child rearing, for everything. Their support system was women. And I know that this doesn't just apply to women, but this is when I really started thinking about friendships in a, in a deeper way through this book. And so I've been thinking a lot about it since I read that book back. That was like almost a decade ago. I had to sift through my Barnes & Noble Nook app, which I haven't touched in forever. I'm more of a Kindle person these days. But I've been thinking long and hard about why friendships are so important. But more importantly, I mean, we all want them. We all want to find a soul friend, somebody that gets us, somebody that supports us. But sometimes it's hard to make friends especially as a mom. But even for those of you who aren't moms, we're not female. That's okay. Friendships are hard. Friendships are hard, but they're important. So let's talk today about how to make more of these soul friends and not only just make them, but how do you keep them? How do you nourish these friendships so they don't implode? So it happens sometimes. So what do you say? Let's talk all things friendship. Let's do this. You're listening to The Kin Show, where we explore the intricacies of the human heart, faith, relationships, spirituality, parenthood, and more, celebrating our journeys as seekers. We believe in love, in giving more of it to every person we interact with and to ourselves. We believe in living with intention for our children, for our communities, and most importantly, for ourselves. We believe we are all one family, one kin, kindred spirits loved unconditionally by God. And we believe it's more important to actually know God than to just know about God. Seeker, writer, photographer, your host Marcella Chamorro shares perhaps way too many personal stories and asks you the right questions to help you uncover what's best for your life. This is not our practice life, so let's make the most of it. Are you ready to hear inspiring interviews and coffee table chats with Marcella? Grab a cup of coffee and prepare to transform your definition of your dream life. Here's your host, boy band lover and master of deep conversations, Marcella Chamorro. So to get started on this conversation with uh, friendship, I have to tell you where I come from. And that is that I grew up without sisters. I have two brothers. And to be more specific, 
I'm both the middle child and the only girl. So I'm sandwiched between my brothers, two and a half years between my older brother and I, two and a half years between myself and my younger brother. I am the white stuff in the Oreo. That's correct. And I love my brothers, but there's only so much I can contribute to their conversations about sports and Adam Sandler movies and not to say I don't like sports and comedy and that they're not interested in what I enjoy, but definitely not enough to keep up with their banter. You know, when I was really young, I made up for this by playing all the games that they played. Back in the day, I mastered rollerblading, football, baseball, and a mean three-pointer. I still got it. I can palm a basketball. And I have been known to every once in a blue moon make it from half court. Just saying. So I became somewhat of a tomboy. And after decades of all this trying to relate, you know, I really kind of started to feel lonely. Like I was missing the experience of having a sister. Someone of my own gender to talk about all the things sisters talk about. I mean, I'm guessing that that's like makeup and clothes. I don't know, because I don't have one. It's no wonder to this day I have no clue how to apply eyeshadow and own very little clothing. I'm a minimalist, and I show up to my mom's house so she can do my makeup before weddings, because that's the only time that I'll ever wear eyeshadow. No, but I'm kidding. I mean, that's something that I could easily remedy with a YouTube video or two. And that's clearly not the only thing sisters and women talk about, you know. I'm joking. But... I did feel an emptiness, you know, a void, like I missed out on sisterhood. Now, again, I love my brothers, but they seem to have a special boy bond and not to be confused with boy band. <laughs> they would make a good boy band, though. They have a bond and I missed out on that special girl bond. Props to all of you out there who enjoy that bond with a sibling of the opposite sex. But homie, that just ain't me. It wasn't my experience and it isn't my experience now. And this void got me thinking and feeling kind of lonely. To be honest, I started praying about it. And what I realized, or what came to me, is that, you know, I don't have any sisters, but I could make some. I mean, friends, right? Soul friends, soul sisters. And I ended up doing that. And I want to share today how I did it and how I continue nourishing those friendships. So for a long time, I thought my friends weren't enough, quote unquote. You know, I don't have a ton of friends, but I have friends. I have a good amount, but I'm not like a social butterfly or the most popular person around. Like, I don't want you to think that I'm recording this podcast episode because, you know, like she was, you know, that popular person in high school. That's not, nope, not me. I was really, really skinny, really, really tall and gangly, probably taller than half the boys or more than half the boys. Um... In general, I live in Nicaragua, and Nicaraguans are not too tall. So, yeah, didn't make for a very popular person. <laughs> and, I mean, can you imagine what it's like interacting with me in real life, like, to this day? I'm a walking, talking, deep conversation waiting to happen. I, I get it if most people aren't ready to go there with me at any given moment. Like, that's cool, I get it, but I guess I can be a little bit intense in the topics that I, that I talk about. Hence this podcast, right? And the friends that I do have are great, but they have, you know, quote unquote, butts to them. You know, like I kept thinking, yeah, she's my friend, but, oh, and, and this other person is my friend, but, and, and the biggest, but is that most of them don't live here. They're not local to me. You know, I missed making plans and meeting up with people in real life. Another thing is that most of my friends consider me a weekday friend. The ones that do live in Nicaragua consider me a weekday friend which is my term for 
They're cool for coffee dates and lunches, but it always felt like I wasn't part of the going out type of plans. Nothing at night. And this is a very common complaint from friends who have kids first. And yep, that's me. I got married pretty young. I had just turned 25. And I had kids before my friends did. I mean, I my first child was born a few days before turning 28. So a lot of my friends didn't have kids. They're just starting to catch up, a lot of them. But what I did start to realize is that my soul sisters were always there. Even when I felt lonely, like I didn't have any friends, how wrong was I? They were always there. There's a few soul friends that I've had since the very beginning. Friendships that maybe I overlooked or didn't appreciate as much as I should have. I mean, of course I appreciated them, but not as much as they deserve because today they are everything to me. You know, I've come upon these friendships in different ways, in different times of my life, but all of them are quote unquote old friends. The most recent one is from 15 years ago. One of them is my cousin who's been with me since she was born and I was four years old. A few of them are childhood friends. I mean, let me tell you, I could fill an entire photo album with blackmail material on these girls. Our teenage years were not very kind to us, to the majority of us. I have one that it's like, come on, seriously, you always looked good. Not fair. But another few friends I gathered in college, which yes, (laughs) yes, was 15 years ago, started 15 years ago. I'm not over the hill yet, but I'm approaching it, yo. I'm not quite sure how I feel about it. But anyways, these friendships have waxed and waned over the years. Some years I'd email a few of them religiously for my semester abroad. And then the next few years we drifted apart for no reason other than being too busy. But the truth is that all of these friendships were already there. I just didn't realize that they were the soul sisters that I had always wanted. It's like I was looking for something better. Somebody who lived here in Nicaragua and whose husband clicked with my husband and whose kids were at the same age as my kids. I mean, that's great if you have that, but that's one in a million. And what happened was when I started appreciating my friends for the support that they gave me and for their friendships as is, I realized that those were my soul sisters. Now I'm going to be honest, I'm always looking for more, right? (laughs) There can never be enough people to do life with. So, I mean, there are a few people that I identify as we have a lot in common. And when we get together to have coffee or for a meal or whatever, time flies. Our conversation just flows. And with me, it's like kids and faith and and workouts and adventures and plans for the future and marriage and like blah, 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 blah. And suddenly you look up and it's been three hours when you had only you know, an hour and a half to chat. So those for me are potentials, but it takes time for a friendship to really become a soul friendship. And here are some of the reasons why I think not only are soul friendships worth it, but kind of like a barometer of, is this actually a true soul friendship? Can this person become one of these people I do life with? So as I list these out, Pay attention to not just what am I striving for, but at the same time, do I have this with my peeps or the people that I do consider soul friends, quote unquote, or really close friends. So the first is, you know, I can be myself. Now there's a quote by Brene Brown, which I love. You know, I I saw her speak for the first time in 2012 at World Domination Summit, and she blew my mind. 
I cried, I laughed and all this stuff. Now she's like super famous. You know, she's buds with Oprah. She's on Netflix. Like it's, you know, household name. I knew her first, but one of my favorite quotes that she has is she says, true belonging doesn't require you to change who you are. It requires you to be who you are. I can be myself, you know, like Brene Brown says, like I belong to these people because I'm myself, much like I am myself on this podcast. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like I am, this is me, you know, but with these people that I call soul friends, you know, I can sing and dance and tell fart jokes. You know, they bring up the funniest memories of our times together. They send me the perfect jeans I never knew I wanted. Thank you, Consuelo, for all the links. You know, these are my people. I can be myself unfiltered and they accept me. The second thing is, you know, they're the ultimate sounding board for me. I mean, they don't have all the answers, but they know my heart. They will tell me, you know, lovingly if I'm way off base or if I'm going down a rabbit hole of unwarranted fear. They're not afraid to steer me toward shore when I need it. And because they know me and my heart so well, they have a pretty good idea of what I want for myself, the kind of life I want, what I'm capable of. A lot of times, like, I'll send them a message and say, I'm thinking of doing this. I'm thinking that this is my calling in life. What do you think? You know me. What do you think? And I, I've said this before in the podcast, don't take advice lightly. Like, I'm not a person who asks for advice. But with these people, my peeps, I can ask them because I know, and it's not that whatever they say I'm going to do, no. I value their perspective because they know me through and through. And so they're perspective is so valuable to me. So third thing is they are there if I really need them. I mean, they may be busy with kids, some of them, uh, or their work, some of them, but if I raise the alarm and I say, I need help, like that, they will drop everything to help me as do I for them. Like when it is urgent, when it is necessary, uh, they have my back and I have theirs. And that is such a relief because, I mean, we don't cry wolf, definitely. We don't do that. But when it's important, home slice, we're there, you know. And this isn't like a group thing. You know, I do want to clarify. Like, I have individual friendships with people who don't even know each other. This isn't like a group chat where everybody's supporting each other or, you know, a group where we're all friends and we like the sisterhood of traveling pants or whatever. I don't even know. Is that, is that what it's called? I forget. The thing is, it's not like that. This is one friend I have from over here and one friend I have from over there. And they are all there for me individually, even though they don't connect. And what I love about that, because like I said, they don't live here in Nicaragua, is they are always just a voice note away. You know, everyone lives different timelines, different schedules. Nobody got time for a phone call these days even though I probably am the one to call them. But you know, to line up two people's schedules, to talk on the phone is tough. Voice notes provide us the flexibility. You know, they can listen to me and my messages when they can, and they respond when they can. And I listen to their response when I can. Or even, you know, I can accompany them through boring tasks. Like I can't tell you how I love to listen to my best friend's voice notes when I'm like curling my hair or making my kids breakfast or I hop in the car to drive somewhere. I'm like, oh, I have a three minute voice note. This is exciting. So I'll like hop in the car, start the car and then hit play just as I'm starting to drive. And it's so fun. Um, but not only that, it also provides closeness. 
you know, to hear their voice, their jokes, their inflection is just so much better than texting. And it always makes me feel like they're right there with me. Like they never left. Like I just saw them yesterday, which is weird because, because they do live far from me. When we hang out in person, it's like they never left. It's like I saw them yesterday because we've been listening to each other <laughs> all the time. Um, those things for me are important. But there are a few other things that are universally necessary to be able to call a friendship, a, like soul friendship, which is my term, right? But you might be wondering, what are those things? Like I have friends, but are they my soul friends? A few of you might be thinking, I have one best friend and she or he is everything to me and that's all I need. But what makes a friend a soul friend? Now, the first thing I think makes a friendship a soul friendship is that it's, this is going to sound corny, but it's true. This is a friendship between two hearts. There's no ego in this friendship. You know the other person's heart they know yours. When you interact with them, you know, it's not one day I'm cold, one day I'm hot, one day I'm nice, one day I'm mean, one day I invite you, one day I don't. There's none of those petty things because your friendship is with this person's heart. You care for each other deeply. Now this will, I think, make more sense when I explain the next few. The second thing I think is there's no judgment. There is no judgment in these soul friendships. I have friends that have made big decisions in their lives that I probably wouldn't have done the same thing. I have friends that I worry about all the time with the decisions that they're making. I have friends who haven't acted when I felt like maybe it would have been beneficial if they did. Now, to be in a friendship like this, you don't have to agree with what the person is doing all the time. Like I said at the very beginning, you know, when I do different things, my friends will lovingly, you know, tell me the truth if I ask them and lovingly steer me toward shore. And I am happy to do the same for them if they ask me to. But there's no judgment. Now, I don't sit around. I might, you know, at the end of the day, tell JJ, like, I'm worried about blah, blah person. But, you know, I'm sure she'll figure it out. But I don't sit around berating them. I don't sit around judging them. I don't sit around thinking that I know best. I just say, you know, I say to myself, I'm a little worried. I'm sure they'll figure it out. Everything's going to be okay. You know, and I, and I definitely try to say the same things to them. Everything's going to be okay. I don't judge what they're wearing. I don't judge what they're doing. I don't judge, you know, whether or not they invited me or they didn't. Or did they call me? Do I call them more? There's none of that. BS happening because, you know, I know their heart. And that leads me to the next thing, which is, you know, know their intention. You know, I know the intentions behind our, you know, our interactions, their intention behind what they're telling me. I trust that they have the best in mind for me. Not only that, but they have the best intentions, but I know where they're coming from. Because like I said, in a, you know, at the beginning, I know their heart. i know and trust their intentions when they do things, when they say things, uh, when I don't hear from them. You know, I don't necessarily think, oh, she's mad at me. No, th that doesn't exist in these friendships. There's no anger or resentments. There's just, she must have a lot going on. Let me check on her. And then it's, yeah, both my kids are sick and it's crazy over here. And, and I'm like, oh, 
pooks, you know, let me, let me pray for you a little bit. How can I help? Um, yeah. Another thing is I, you know, we don't give advice unless you're really asking for it. Now I have a few scenarios where I have reached out even recently last week. And I was like, here am I throwing a five minute voice note at you. Um, listen, when you have free time, I would love your perspective on this. And I mentioned this earlier, you know, they don't give me advice and I don't give them advice when it is not solicited. But if it is, I'm there and they're there. You know, I will say, Hey, this is what I'm thinking about. Do you think I can pull this off? Do you think this is the right project for me? How do you think I should approach this? Um, when it's really important to me. And sometimes when I know I'm getting in my own way and I'm getting in my own head, they're very, very there for me to say, no, listen, you might be a little off base on this, but I know you and this and this and this and this, and they'll help me come to a better conclusion. You know, it's almost like brainstorming for life and it's not all the time. That's the next thing. <laughs> this is flowing very easily is give space. There's so much space in our friendships. I don't have to talk to them all the time. I would love to, but you know what? Life is busy. Not only can I not talk to them all the time, they can't talk to me all the time. We can't always hang out. I don't have to see their face all the time. I actually don't even FaceTime with them. Voice notes is like our method of communication mostly and texting when we can't voice because kids scream. My kids, they're loud. But we give each other space. And I know that when they're taking space, it's not, I don't take it personally. And I need a lot of space sometimes. And other times I don't need space. Other times I'm like, hey, let's hang out. Hey, what you doing? Hey. And uh, one of my favorites is, you know, when we don't have a lot of time, I'll reach out to one of my friends and say one specific one who I know is up for this because not everybody's going to be up for this. When, you, when I tell you what it is, you'll know what I mean. I'll reach out and be like, hey, you know, today's been a crazy day. Do you have, you know, 20 minutes in the afternoon so we can hit the chapel? And she's like, yes, I would love to. Or, you know what, I can't today. Can we do it tomorrow or whatever? Um, and when we do that, and it's just 20 minutes, you just, you know, we meet there. We both live very close by. And I said my friends don't live local to me. That's because she spends time in and out of the country. When she's here, we both live close by to the chapel, to the church, and we'll just drive up, walk in, do our 20 minutes of centering prayer, which I talked about in a recent episode, and then we'll walk out. And there might be like two minutes of catch-ups on our way out, but, um, you know, sometimes it's just nice to to hang out, and even if we're not talking. Um, now, that is like a very deep kind of silence, but, you know, that's something that works for our friendship. And that five years ago, that was not existent to me. Like that would not have even entered my brain space to ask a friend to go to the church with me for 20 minutes to pray. But you know, friendships evolve and that's amazing. Um, and you know, I've learned over the past, you know, five or yeah, it's been about five years. This whole faith journey became more deep when I was pregnant with Juan Jose. So he's, you know, yeah, around five years ago. I learned the value in love and compassion even more, you know, and my friends will definitely, when I come to them with a problem, they will meet it with godliness, you know, and they'll guide me 
more towards love and compassion. Now, I have called my friends complaining like nonstop about a problem, whether it's my family or friendships or whatever, something that's bothering me, work issues, uh, you name it. I guess marriage, not so much. That's, I guess, a little more private, but kids, all kinds of things. And marriage sometimes. Sorry, JJ, sometimes. But every single time, my friends will meet it with love and compassion, first of all, for me. I'm sorry that you're going through that. I feel you. I hear you. I understand you. You know, I, I trust that everything will be better. But a lot of the times, what they'll say is, you know, have you prayed about it? Have you prayed about it? Have you prayed about it? That's a big question. You should pray about it. <laughs> but also, there's a big emphasis on how can you meet this with more love? And sometimes that's like the opposite of what you want to hear. You're like, no, I'm angry, bro. Like, I don't think you're understanding what I'm saying. He shouldn't have done that. Or she spoke to me in a really disrespectful manner and blah, 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 blah. blah, blah, blah. And the person's like, yeah, but how could you meet this with more love? And it's, I love my friends, <laughs> but sometimes it's hard to swallow that because you're like, this is not what I want to hear right now. But the truth is that they're right. After you take some time to cool off, there is space. There is space for love in every single situation. That doesn't mean you're like going to go up to your boss who you're angry with and be like, I love you. No, that's not appropriate. <laughs> but, you know, there is a loving a approach to problems, even when you think it's not there. So, you know, they will guide me towards that. And a lot of the times what they have guided me toward is, you know, responding to a situation calmly, like firm, but friendly without disrespecting anyone, without, you know, giving in to my base emotions of anger or whatever, just how do I meet this with more peace of mind? How do I speak my truth? Like, this is what I'm feeling. This is my stance on this situation that I'm in right now. I'm not going to participate in drama. And that's that. You know, so I do think that a big, big benefit, like one of the main things that a friendship has to have to be a real a soul friendship is to guide you toward a better way of responding to your life, a better way of interacting with the world around you and the people that surround you with more love, more compassion. That for me is a cornerstone of a true, real friendship. It's not just, yeah, you're right. That person is wrong. It's no, I'm sorry you're going through that. That sounds really hard. What can we do about this so that, you know, you're approaching it in a loving way, compassionate way, but you're also respecting your own boundaries and stuff like that. So a lot of the times, these are things that you know that you could say to a friend, but when it's happening to you, you forget. And so you need your friends to tell you in that moment hey, take a second. How can we do this better? Um, and that for me is, like I said, a cornerstone, a cornerstone of a true soul friendship. And these things should help you know that if you're doing it for others, you know, it's not just what are other people giving you? Are you being a soul friend to somebody else? Are you, you know, not judging them, trusting their intentions, not trying to give unsolicited advice, giving them space, treating them with love and compassion and guiding them 
to interact with the world in a more loving and compassionate way? You know, are, are you treating them with godliness? It's a hard question to answer because a lot of the times we're used to friendships revolving around shopping and gossip. And I mean, I'm speaking from my experience as a woman, <laughs> different for men. That's probably sports and business, right? For guys, maybe. Maybe I'm generalizing. I apologize. But, you know, it's important to know, are you being a soul friend to somebody else? Are you interacting with your friends in this way? I mean, if you are and you've kind of reached a higher frequency or a, li a higher level of loving that you may not even have known that you were capable of, and it's something to strive toward because your capacity to develop a soul friendship elevates your capacity to develop soul relationships with other people, you know? your significant other, your children, your family, not your coworkers even. The more you work on yourself and your friendships and all your relationships, all the types of relationships that you're in will be benefited. So that's what I have to say today on friendship. I've been rambling for almost 30 minutes. Sorry about that. But I hope you enjoyed this episode. You know, as always, thank you for listening to The Kin Show. And you can always check out, you know, this episode's show notes. If you want like a link to the book that I mentioned in the beginning, Committed and stuff like that, check out this episode's show notes at kinpodcast.com. And I'll have all the information I talked about, including the quotes and books and all that stuff, like I said. A very special thank you to my friend Mario Callejas for providing the music for the show. You know, as always, you can check him out on Spotify. But also today, thank you so much to Tate, Mario's wife, for providing the voiceover to this show. Now I have the full Callejas marriage in this podcast. Tate on the voiceover, Mario on the music. It's amazing. They are both the bomb. And always thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, hop on over to iTunes and give me a rating and review. Hopefully it's positive. You know, it'll help more people like you find and enjoy the show. And that would be amazing. My goal with this show is not to have a million bajillion listeners, just to help. And if I'm helping one more person, and if you can help one more person by sharing the show, I'd be ever so grateful. So stay tuned for the next episode of Kin next week. This is Marcela signing out.